Let the church say amen. amen. I don't know who you talk to, but I know who you should talk to. Is that all right? All right. Yeah. You need to talk to Jesus. That's who I'm going to talk to. And if you're talking to Jesus, everything will be all right. Yes, amen and anyhow about it. Today, we're going to get into this lesson. I, 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 I don't plan on being long, but I guarantee you I'm going to be strong. We like to uh, thank our minister, Mark, for yielding today. He's actually traveling, and so we want to keep him in our prayers, and uh, they have safe passage to and from their destination. So he left the reins in my hands today, and so we're just going to keep on pushing along. Amen? Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23. Mark chapter 7, verse 20 through 23. And I'm going to read the English Standard Version here. And Jesus said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, Murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Let me go ahead and pray right now because I'm about to go get it. Lord, we thank you so much for allowing us to assemble here today to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you're going to do. We can't thank you enough, Lord. But we ask you today, Lord, that this word that comes out of this place today may pierce somebody's heart, yes. Lord, and they yes. get baptized and saved today. Yes. Lord, we pray that this word that comes out of this place today may bring those Christians who have fallen short back to the fold, Lord. Yes. Yes. Lord, we ask you to bless this service. That everything that we do will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We ask you all of these things in your darling son's name, Jesus Christ. Let the church at time to say amen. Amen. Amen and amen anyhow. If you want to tag this one, you can tag this. The chain reaction from the heart. The chain reaction from the heart. Subtitle, your thoughts, attitude, and actions. So let me read that passage again in Mark chapter 7, verse 20 and 23. Jesus said, what comes out of a person is what defiles him. And from within, not the outside, but from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy. Slander, and oh my God, that word pride go again. Pride. Foolishness. 
all these things, not some, but all these things come from within. And they defile a person. Let me give you a little backdrop of what's going on here. See, early in this chapter, in Mark chapter 7, see, the Pharisees and scribes in Jerusalem, they were trying to, as we say down in the neighborhood, try to high side on Jesus, talking about his disciples eating bread without washing their hands. See, like, as though that was a commandment from God that you have to wash your hands before you eat. Yes, it's sanitary, but it ain't a commandment from God. Knowing full well that's something that they added to try to make themselves look more religious than yeah. what they really were. Yeah. And it was a tradition that they had passed down from years to years. But see, we got to be careful in the church because we'll let our traditions become commandments of men. Because they ain't commandments of God. They didn't come from the Bible, so it ain't a commandment from God. And we'll hold people to traditions like they are commandments. So we got to be careful about that. That ain't my lesson, but I thought I'd drop that off while I was on the street. Now, look, don't get it twisted. Ain't nothing wrong with traditions, okay? Nothing wrong with good traditions, all right? But we got to keep them in their place. Is that all right? All right. Now, now the main point of this passage is Jesus is teaching that what corrupts you what defiles you it comes from within your spiritual heart your spiritual control center not this blood pump that push blood through your body and oxygen you see some people get it confused and they get the beating on their heart tell them but I got a big old heart no you got issues if you got an enlarged heart you need to go to the doctor he ain't talking about that he's talking about your spiritual heart your spiritual control center so look here what we need to understand is what is the spiritual heart and so what I'm going to show you this morning I'm going to show you that out of your spiritual heart, it produces your thoughts. And your thoughts produces your attitudes. And your attitudes produce your actions. And it all comes from your spiritual control center, your heart. So, one, we're going to deal with what the heart is. I'm going to show you biblically what the heart really is. All right? The heart that the Bible is talking about. Then two, we're going to deal with your thoughts, okay? And three, we're going to deal with your attitude. Oh, somebody, oh, Lord, talk about my attitude. We're going to deal with it. And look at here, four, we're going to deal with your actions. So let's get into it. The heart. What does the heart that the Bible is talking about consist of? See, now we know, we know, and if you don't know, let me help you out. That we are made up of three parts, right? Spirit, okay, body, and soul. Now, our spirit, when we die, going to go back to God, all right? Our body, when we die, it's going to go back to the dirt, okay? But our soul is the one that lives on forever. And it's going to live in one or two places, y'all. You're going to live in hell. Are you going to live in heaven? 
Well, I'm trying to help you live in heaven instead of hell. And let me help you out. Hell ain't going to be too crowded like the jail cell. Isaiah tells us that hell enlarges herself daily. So it's going to be enough room for you in hell, and it's going to be enough room for you in heaven. So won't you go to the right place? Is that all right? Man, hey, somebody get me something to wipe my forehead for me, all right? For the sweat get in my eyes. It ain't going to stop me from preaching, but I'm still going to keep on going. I just want to see a little bit. Is that all right? So the heart, it isn't a fourth part of us, okay? It isn't a separate being, okay? Instead, it is composed of three components plus one. It's composed of the three components of the soul. All right? Thank you very much, brother. It's composed of the three components of the soul. What are they, Coach Hurd? I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you. The three components of your soul is your mind, your emotions, your will. And the heart is also composed of the most important part of your spirit, which is your conscience. So your heart, the spiritual heart, consists of Four things, your mind, your emotions, your will, and your conscience. Okay, okay, let me prove it. This is the church of Christ, and we prove all things. First Thessalonians 5, 21 says, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. All right, so let me prove this. Number one, the heart consists of the mind. Evidence. Matthew chapter 9, verse 4. Who said it? Jesus. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, why do you think evil in your hearts? You see, thinking is an activity of what, y'all? The mind. But the Lord Jesus said to these scribes, he says they were thinking in their what? Hearts. So this shows you that the heart consists also of the what? Mind. Two, the heart consists of your emotions. Let me give you evidence. In John chapter 16, verse 22, Jesus said, So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy away from you. Man, Jesus give you some joy. Nobody can't take that. They can't take that. They can take some happiness, but they can't take no joy from Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So look, if the heart Rejoices, rejoicing is related to what? Our emotions. So we see that our heart rejoices, so we see emotions is a part of our spiritual heart as well. Okay, so let's look at how will come into this. The heart consists of will. What evidence? Acts chapter 11 and 23 says, Who, when he arrived, is talking about bonus, but now, who, when he arrived and saw the grace of God, rejoiced and encouraged them all to remain with the Lord with purpose of the heart. Now, to purpose is to decide strongly to do something, which is an exercise of what, Coach Her Of will. So now you see that will is a part of your spiritual heart. Amen. Number four, lastly, Showing you what your spiritual heart consists of, what the Bible is talking about. The heart is also consisting of your conscience. Let me show you. Evidence. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. 
The Bible says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having sprinkled from an evil conscience and our body washed with pure water. Look, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience indicates that our conscience is also a part of our heart. But just in case that ain't enough evidence for you, let me give you a little bit more. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, For if our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. Well, since our heart is our conscience and our conscience blames or condemn us when we do something wrong, you see that the conscience is a part of your heart. So, we ain't talking about the blood pump. We're talking about your spiritual control center. Amen. And it consists of your emotions. It consists of your mind. It consists of your will. And it consists of your conscience. That's the heart that God is talking about. Amen. But okay. Look at here. Now that we know what we're talking about when we say heart. Uh -huh. Just as this heart right here that's in your chest, what you consume has a powerful effect on it. The same with your spiritual heart. What you consume has a powerful effect on your spiritual heart. So look at here. I told you that your heart produces your thoughts. We read that in the passage. It says from within the heart comes what? Evil thoughts. So how do stuff corrupt our hearts is the question that we have. How does it get in there? I'm here to tell you, it's two major gates. Somebody say two. We got two major gates, your eyes and your ears. These are the things that will pollute your heart, which will produce those evil thoughts. So watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. Hold on. Let me give you an example. Mike. I catch them little kids at, at school sometimes. Now, I, I'm using kids, but we know this talking to adults too. Okay? I, I catch them looking at them little nasty websites on their phone. And then these adults be up real late at night looking at them old nasty pictures on their TV. All right? All right, you know the pornography. Let's just call it what a T.I. is. All right? So that's what they're looking at, and that's what they're bringing in through that gateway of their eyes, and then watch what happens to their thought process because you done polluted your spiritual heart. Your spiritual heart going to vomit all that nasty stuff back into your mind, and here you go up talking to your wife, treating your wife like a prostitute. You better get yourself together before you get some hot grits thrown on you. I'm just letting you know. Look, look, look here. Look here. And, and, and when I see sometimes, I'm outside. It ain't a sun in the sky. Ain't no sun in the sky, Maryland. But I see these brothers with these dark shades on. Come on, bruh. I know what you're doing. You're looking at them girl butts going back and forth. And then they come inside. They come inside, Leon. Still with them dark shades on. Talking about these transitional lenses. There ain't no transition. You transition from outside looking at that girl butt to the inside looking at that girl butt. Your eyes polluting your heart. 
That's all I'm telling you. We got to watch what we put in our heart because then we start thinking wrong. Look, look, I said, I said it was two gateways, right? The other gateway is your ears. It's your ears. You got to be careful what you let come into your ears because that's going to corrupt and pollute your heart and going to have you thinking wrong. Give you an example. Give you an example. The music. The music. Listen to all those explicit words in the music. I mean, every other word is a cuss word. Every other word is talking about sex. Every other word is talking about shooting or killing somebody like you're a gangster. And then that's what happens. Your heart get corrupted with that mess, and then you go around thinking that you big pimping, and you thinking that you are old gangster. Sit yourself down, you suburb gangster. You live in the woodlands. You can't be hard living in the suburbs. Come on, man. But you thinking like that because what you let through your ears. Your heart produces your thoughts. So, so, look, we have to be careful. So let me help you how you control your thoughts. See, we got baptized for the remission of our sins, right? And it says we became a new creature, right? So when the thought comes through your mind, you need to analyze the thought. And you need to see, Mixon, is that thought consistent with being a new Christian, the new you, or is it still consistent with the old you? If it's consistent with your old you, don't do that. Just that simple. Life is simple. People make it complicated. So now we see that the heart produces the thoughts, right? Your thoughts also produces your attitudes. So watch it. Let me get academic for a second. Let me get academic for a second. I say your heart produces your thoughts. I say your thoughts produce your attitudes. And we understand, we, we, you better understand real quick, you better control your thoughts and you are responsible for your attitude. All right? Your attitude in academia, we say it's made up of three components. We say it's made up of a cognitive component. The cognitive component is your thoughts and beliefs about a particular subject. Then an effective, see my Alabama accent, that's A-F-F-E-C-T-I-V-E. Effective component is how the object, person, or event makes you feel. Oh, there go them feelings. And then the third component of the attitude is your behavioral component. That's how your attitude influences your behavior. Okay, okay, so we got cognitive, effective, and behavior, right? So thoughts, persons, and influences, right? So look, let me give you an example. Give you an example. Your parents raised you to believe in God. They raised you to care about people. They raised you to serve. But oh my God, oh my God, here comes your boo. You done fell in love with your boo. And your boo don't believe in God. Your, your boo don't believe in putting nobody before them. And your boo ain't serving nothing. But watch the component here of cognitive of your attitude. Your thoughts start to change about 
your attitude toward God based on what you hear from your spouse. They saying you ain't got to go to church. It don't take all of that. And you start listening to that mess. And then because you don't want no conflict in the house, you start not going to church. Your thoughts start to tell you maybe it's okay. And it's not okay. That's the cognitive part of your attitude. Watch it. Now, here comes the effective part. Because that's your spouse, the person, the object of your love, you don't want no conflict, so you start not to go to church. So your thoughts and the object, which is the person. And then watch here. The behavior part is the influence that they have on you. Instead of you influencing them, they're influencing you. And your whole attitude changes. What you're saying, Coach Hurt, I'm just telling you, you better be careful who you got around with you, and you better be careful who you marry. I call it like a T.I. is. I, 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 love, Mary, I love my wife. You know, she, she taller than me, too. And so, so when I had to get that sugar, I had to tilt my head back. I go like this. And it's all right. It's all right. But watch this. And she started tripping, talking about she ain't going to church. No, 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 girl. You're going to have to change your attitude because I'm not going to lower my standards and values for you. That's called moral relativism. When you lower your standards to try to please the people around you. I heard a man once say, he said, he said, he said, he said, at the mountaintop, there's a lot of room. But at the base of the mountain, it's very crowded, Mike. Why? Because down at the bottom of the mountain, that's where all those people that don't have no values and standards. A whole lot of them, but at the top of the mountain, very few. Because if you sit low, you live low. If you sit high, you live high. Don't change your attitude toward Christ based upon other people. That's all I'm telling you. Because your heart produces your thoughts. Your thoughts produces your attitude. So, let's go on to actions. I done made enough people mad right there. But that's all right. You can get mad all you want to. I got to tell the truth. Amen? Your heart Based on what you let into it, KJ, it's going to produce your thoughts, good or bad. And your thoughts is going to produce your attitude, good or bad. And your attitude, ain't nothing but feelings, going to produce your actions, good or bad. So look here. Let me show you. Let's look at it. Let's look at attitude this way. Let's look at it this way. Actions, brother. Let's have a litmus test for your actions. Okay? So watch this. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. The Holy Spirit got the Apostle Paul to say, whatever you do, whatever you do, do in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord. He didn't say do it in the name of your mama. He didn't say do it in the name of your daddy. He didn't say do it in the name of your spouse. He didn't say do it in the name of Coach Hurt. He said do it in the name of what? The Lord. Whatever you do in word or deed. So now, now if we... Go back to the passage. <laughs> and, 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 and in the passage, it tells us 
that our evil thoughts produce some actions. It said it produces sexual immorality. That ain't in the name of the Lord. It said it produces adultery. That ain't in the name of the Lord. It said it produces liars. That ain't in the name of the Lord. It said it, 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 it produces murderers. That ain't in the name of the Lord. It said it produces envy. That ain't in the name of the Lord. It said it produces foolishness. That ain't in the name of the Lord. So it's easy to see what your actions are good with God and what they ain't good with. Amen. So here you go. Your actions. You get up with a bad attitude and you go to work. Watch your actions. You mess around and cut somebody off on your job and you get fired because of your actions, which came from your attitude. And all you had to do was put it to the litmus test. Is it in the name of the Lord? It's not hard, man. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it in the name of the Lord. And so it's easy to see if you're doing stuff in the name of the Lord. It's not hard. Look here. I'm done with this thing. I'm done with this. Look. Your spiritual heart. That's what we're talking about. The control center. And you got to be protected by the control center. So you have to watch what you consume with your eyes and your ears because that will corrupt your heart. That's what Jesus was talking about. That's what defiles you because you let all that mess in your heart. Now it's corrupted and now it's vomiting all that mess back up in your thought process. And so as the Bible says, so a man thinketh, so is he. That's Proverbs 23 and 7. So if you're thinking like that, you're going to do that. So nine times out of ten, if you're thinking good thoughts, you're going to do good things. Nine times out of ten, if you're thinking bad thoughts, you're going to do bad things. I told you this thing ain't hard. But that comes from what you let in your heart through your eyes and your ears. And what comes out of your heart manifests itself in your thoughts. And then your thoughts influence your attitudes. And your attitudes influence your actions. And your actions have consequences. You better believe it. You better believe it. Your actions have consequences. I heard somebody say, well, people should have personal responsibility. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. But your responsibilities and your actions still going to have consequences. It don't absolve you from consequences. Talking about your personal choice. It don't absolve you from your consequences. And see, where I grew up, we knew three things. Okay? Okay? I grew up in the hood, as they call it. I grew up in the projects. If you don't know what the project is, Google that. So, look here. Uh, we understood real quickly at an early age. How the consequences of your actions do. Your consequences of your actions either going to put you in jail, okay, or get your butt whipped by your parents, or you're dead. Them are the three things we saw every day. And guess what? It ain't changed as you go become an adult. Your consequences will lead you to dead, to jail. It's going to get your butt whipped by getting fired or dis uh, owned by something, or you're dead. And I told you, hell enlarges itself daily. So it's room for you. Ain't no such thing, ain't no room for you. But it's a lot of room in heaven for you too. So once you start putting your 
focus on Jesus. Once you, once you, once you produce the thoughts that have your attitude toward Jesus, that love Him and want to be with Him, and if you have that, the actions will produce what is called obedience. And the obedience, what you gotta obey, Coach Hurt, you gotta obey the gospel. What's the gospel? It's the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the good news. He died for our sins. I know you got to hear that gospel. How you know? I got evidence for you. Where your evidence? It's in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Who said it? Paul said it. Holy Spirit got me safe. So then faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's it. How much you believe in something? You ain't even heard the gospel. So I know you got to hear the gospel, and then you also got to believe that gospel. How you know, Coach Hurt? I got evidence for you. Where the evidence at? It's in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. The Holy Spirit got the Hebrew water to say, For without faith it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So you heard the gospel. You believe the gospel. Are you a Christian yet? No, sir. No, sir. What else you got to do? You got to repent of your sins. How I know? I got evidence for you. Where the evidence is in Luke chapter 13, verse 3. Who said it? Jesus said it. Because it's in your Bible in the red. Jesus said, I tell you nay, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. I don't want you to perish. That's why I preach so hard. What is repentance? Ain't nothing but a change of direction. You're going from that wrong direction to the right direction. That's all. It's a change of that spiritual heart. That's all. So you heard the gospel. You believe the gospel. You repented of your sins. Are you a Christian yet? No, sir. No, sir. What else you got to do? You got to confess the sweetest name on earth. What's that name? Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. I know you got to do it. How I know? I got evidence for you. It's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 32. Who said it? Jesus said. He said, he that confessed me before men, him likewise, which I will confess in heaven with my father. <clears throat> Look, now, <clears throat> a lot of religious organizations will stop right there. Yeah, go over to Romans chapter 9, verse 9 and 10. And they'll say, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Well, see, the problem with that is that's unto. You see, I ain't trying to get unto nothing. I'm trying to get into. So I'm trying to show you how to walk on through that thing. That's what I'm trying to show you, how to get into. So we can't stop that confession. So what else you got to do? You got to be baptized. I know you got to be baptized because I got evidence for you. Where's the evidence? Watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. Baptism puts you in Christ, right? So look here. Where's salvation? It's in Christ. Watch this. Holy Spirit, got Apostle Paul to say in uh, uh, 2 Timothy 2.10, he says, salvation is within Christ. So now I know where salvation is located, right? So watch this. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, the Holy Spirit got the Apostle Paul to say, Know ye not that as many of you that have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. 
That's how you get in Christ, through baptism. I know you got to be baptized because when the church first started, the Holy Spirit got an apostle Peter to say, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you too shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Man, this ain't no outward expression of an inward sound. Whatever that mess they be saying. Baptism is for the remission of your sins. And if you don't get the baptism for the remission of your sins, you ain't got no Holy Ghost. Come on. But just in case, just in case that you don't believe the apostles, let's see what Jesus said. In Mark chapter 16, verse 16, Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We that believe it not shall be damned. If you ain't believing nothing, there ain't no use you getting baptized. They go together. So all this stuff talking about all I got to do is believe. Jesus just called you a lie. Jesus said that. Contrary didn't say it. I showed you what Jesus said. He said believe and be baptized. So we know belief alone can't do it. So look. Pop. Here's one thing I learned in my short time on this earth. Okay? Successful people follow instructions. That's what I learned. I have laid out the instructions for you how to properly become a Christian. See, one of these days, I preach to you the believer, but not a Christian. You see, we got to confuse just because we believe that you're a Christian. So I, I, I'll show you that difference one day, but I ain't got time to do it today. But you, you've heard the instructions on how to become a Christian. So if you want to give your life to Christ the right, right way through baptism, put it in the chat. We'll get you baptized today. Because baptism is a right now thing. Ain't no such thing as a baptismal Sunday. Wait on it. What, you want some evidence? Let me give it to you. Acts 22, uh, uh, Acts, uh, uh, 22 verse 16. Watch this. It says, arise and be baptized. It says, why tarriest thou? That means what you waiting for. Arise. That means get up. And it said, be baptized. And for all you people talking about, all I got to do is call on the name of the Lord. It says, then calling on the name of the Lord. You call on him after you get baptized. What you calling for? You ain't doing what he say. So he ain't listening to you. There it is right there. Baptism. We'll get you baptized today. I don't care if you're in another state. We'll call somebody up there and get you baptized today. Now for you that have done the proper thing. And you're a Christian. But you have fallen away. You have fallen short. Hey, God is willing to forgive. He'll welcome you back in the fold with the quickness. Because he loves you. He wants everybody to get a chance to be in heaven, man. But you got to do your part. So won't you just go ahead and confess your sins, repent of your sins. Man, put it in the chat and we'll pray for you. So, I'm done. I'm done. The lesson, chain reaction from the heart. Your heart produces your thoughts. Your thoughts produces your attitude. Your attitude produces your actions. And your actions have consequences. So won't you come as together we sing a song for this invitation, y'all.
Stand free, tis for you and me. It's free. Let us. You ain't got to pay to get in God's church. It's free to anybody who want to come. If you want your soul saved, come as you are. But watch this. God expect you to change. So won't you take advantage of the offer that God has given to you. Give your life to Jesus today. Get baptized today. Don't wait. Tomorrow is not promised to us. And will you come? Will you come, will you come to the fountain free? And will you come? Yes, tis for you and me and thirsty Once again, any time today you want to give your life to Christ, hey, we're here for you. We'll make it happen. We'll get you baptized today. Hey, thank you for your time. And may God bless you. Oh, man, I just want to uh, thank Brother Hurd for that wonderful message on today that he brought to us. Excellent job, brother. We appreciate it. Uh, the Lord has truly blessed us with his word on today. Uh, we want to, first of all, we want to uh, 